You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. Welcome back if you're returning, and my name is Kyle, I'm your host for Inside the Jungle, Today we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers basketball game, and sadly it is a loss. Auburn falls on the road in College Station to the Texas A&M Aggies by the score of 66-68 to in a heartbreaker on a final shot that gets the win for Texas A&M on their home court, denying Auburn their first SEC win and an SEC road victory as well, which would have been a very good resume builder in a time where if they had been eligible for the postseason, would have looked really good for them to do that on the road with such a young team. You're going to hear me say that a lot this season and in this episode, a young team. And it's not an excuse, it's just the reality. Auburn's record, though, stands at 6-4 and four on the year and 0-2 and two in the SEC. Still looking for that elusive first SEC win. So we want to hear from you throughout tonight. Uh, we want to hear about your thoughts um, after you've listened to this episode about the game. Uh, share with those uh, on the website, on the podcast episode page at e2cnetwork.com or on social media when we post it there. Feel free to share your thoughts because we'd always love to hear from you all there. Every episode, we want to go through some general notes, some just things surrounding the game and the program, talk about what actually happened in the game, the storylines, the stats, and then we'll take a quick preview of the next game coming up before we round out our show. So we'll start off with just some general notes and some interesting storylines, I thought, leading into this game which one was in Auburn's favor, the other was not in Auburn's favor. Uh, The stat was shared that 37 road wins for Auburn since 2017 in the SEC, and that is the most in the SEC since 2017. That's crazy to think about that. 37 road wins is the most in the SEC since 2017, and Auburn has done that. shows you how good Auburn is prepared on the road by Coach Bruce Pearl since that time. And if you kind of think back, to when things started turning around for Auburn with Bruce Pearl Hero kind of reflects back to that team in the 2017 season. The thing that wasn't in Auburn's favor is that five, well, coming into the game, four of the last five meetings between Auburn and Texas A&M, Texas A&M has come out on top, and now it's five of six. And that's just crazy to think about that as much success that Auburn's had on the road, te- Texas A&M has dominated this uh, matchup the last couple of times, meet- meeting up in the last six times meeting up with them. And so you always talk about that, whatever sport it is, and we use football analogies a lot here. Uh, when Gus Malzahn was the, the head coach, it always seemed like he had a hard time with Arkansas for a while there or had a hard time with some other teams. For Bruce Pearl, I think it's Texas A&M, obviously. I think Ole Miss falls into this category as well for us in basketball. But Texas A&M, for sure, I mean, the stats don't lie. Five of six 
against Texas A&M in the last six meetings is just crazy to think about. And eventually we've got to get that streak broken and, and start pushing it back in our favor. But they've got some kind of juju on us that we just can't break. So in case you weren't able to actually watch the game or listen to the game, I want to give you an idea of kind of how the game played out on the court and what you could have expected if you were paying attention or able to watch or listen to the game. In the first half, poor ball control and a lack of distribution of the ball amongst the Auburn players kept Auburn from scoring early and often. In fact, they only scored 22 points in the first half and compared to Texas A&M's 33 created quite a deficit for Auburn going into the second half. And while TAMU came out, I called him TAMU, and I always, always want to come because that's how I abbreviate it, but while Texas A&M uh, came out strong at the beginning of the second half, Auburn came back and fought even stronger and was able to tie the game with just seconds left. And unfortunately, though, Texas A&M, with the final shot, with seconds left, gets the win and puts that loss in Auburn's column. So it was a very unfortunate way for Auburn to win the game. However, I take a lot of encouragement from how this young team responded on the road to adversity, the adversity that they found themselves in because of things that they were doing, turnovers, poor shot selection, not sharing the ball, and just some bad luck as well. I mean, think about it this way. As bad as Auburn was shooting in the first half, they still were only 11 points down on the road and still fought back and the lead for Texas A&M got up to 14 at one point so the fact that Auburn was able to fight back with these young guys is incredibly encouraging for me it makes me feel a lot better with us going on the road you know there was a time even with Bruce Pearl here where Auburn basketball goes on the road and we don't have a lot of hope in that scenario and even with this squad here now I see a lot of improvement in that area now there are some small things that we can tweak and you can look at some of those in the stats when we talk about them turnovers being the specific one there that really pushed this in Auburn's favor if they clean those things up. But I'm still encouraged by what I saw here earlier. We talked a lot about loose ball control earlier. And I think a lot of that came honestly in the form of Alan Flanagan trying to do too much or in the game. We talked a lot about how Alan has risen to the occasion and has trying to now seize this as, as the star guy as his team. And he should, because he's performing very, very well. But I think sometimes a player, when they're starting to realize that I'm quote unquote the guy, they kind of try to do a little bit too much and put themselves in some situations where they're not as successful. And I think that's what happened a little earlier for Alan Flanagan, just kind of watching him. He was responsible for a couple of turnovers there where he lost the ball or lost ball control and ended up giving it back to Texas A&M. So, you know, while I think he's arrived in a new way for Auburn, I don't think he's fully arrived uh, in terms of some of the mistakes that he has had a tendency to make in the past. Still encouraged by what I see, though, uh, just something that I noticed tonight. Here's the other thing that I wanted to note in terms of Flanagan is I love the connection between Justin Powell and Alan Flanagan. I mean, that beautiful lob dunk that they had at the very beginning of the game was absolutely awesome. And personally, uh, I think this is one of the few highlights that Justin Powell had tonight. And a lot of that is because he suffered an injury tonight. At some point in the first half, he got some type of head injury. I don't really know what it was. Some people are saying concussion. And the way it is kind of described post-game by Coach Pearl, you kind of think that the way they talked about it. Because they said he came back out in the second half and something just didn't look right with him. He didn't feel good, didn't look good. And so they sat him for the rest of the game and said he'll be reevaluated when they get got back to Auburn. So hopefully we'll have some news about that in the coming days as they get ready to play their next game. But you could really tell that Justin Powell 
was missed in the second half, even with Auburn doing a little bit better in terms of their shooting and fighting to come back in this game. Because what you saw happen throughout the game, honestly, but especially then, is that the big weakness that Auburn has right now, now not the free throws as much as I hate that, not even the turnovers, it's the lack of a point guard. When the commentators are starting to harp on that as the storyline for Auburn, you know that it's become obvious, not just to Auburn, not just to Auburn fans, not even just to the opponents, but to the entire college basketball nation, Auburn needs a point guard. So what do you do? You attack in those areas where they're going to be susceptible, where the point guard probably takes control in this area. And so with Justin Powell suffering the injury, that obviously affects it even more. And so it kind of forces Alan Flanagan to take on that role without Turbo here since he's left the program um, a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago, actually, at this point. Uh, so hopefully Justin's going to be okay. But what you saw Texas A&M do, especially on a lot of presses with them bringing the ball down the court, interesting little tactics that I saw happen there. At one point, they had two guys literally like hovering around and surrounding the person that was gonna the ball was going to be inbounded to. It just looked very odd what the tactics that were being utilized there, but they were somewhat effective, right? Or at least enough to slow Auburn down because what Texas A&M really wanted to do in this game was to make the pace a lot slower because they knew if Auburn got going, things would not work out well for them because of their, not inability, but lack of scoring prowess that Auburn tends to have when they get going. And uh, you saw that take place in the second half. It just proved to be too much of a deficit to work from. Hey, Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. A couple of things I want to point out from this game, just kind of storyline-wise, are Auburn should never be afraid uh, of them being in a slump, especially from the three-point arc, because they've obviously shown that they have the ability to kind of work themselves out of it. I mean, they were terrible from the three-point arc in the first half, and by the end of it, we're shooting a whole lot better. And a lot of that is in thanks to one Jamal Johnson, who again rises to the occasion in the role that he's found himself in. Now, I know, and I've said this before, I think, on an episode, that a lot of you are now thinking, well, if he's doing so good, why don't we start him? Basketball is kind of a funny sport. Sometimes when a player is flourishing in a role that they found himself in, and this role is what would be considered the sixth man, the guy that pretty much sees starter level in terms of playing time um, and minutes and stuff like that, but is not actually starting. So he's called the sixth man. 
sometimes they flourish more in that role as the kind of equalizer as a, or as a change of pace for uh, the team when they need to make that first substitution. And I think he is flourishing here. And I don't know that Coach Pearl should make a change. A lot of people have even, I've even said, think Devin Cambridge, while he's in a bit of a, somewhat of a slump. I mean, he's had some better games recently, but somewhat of a slump from what people were hoping that he would do. Um, that he should sub out for Jamal Johnson. I disagree completely because I think that this starting five without Sharif Cooper is working well together and Jamal is doing so well as the sixth man. I mean, he is by far the biggest offensive guy tonight for Auburn and came in in a big way and led that comeback for them to almost get the win on the road here. Something else that was pretty interesting that has really very little to do with the game itself other than kind of the game outside of the game Buzz Williams of Texas A&M. A lot of people were excited to have him come into the SEC last year. This is his second year as the Aggies head coach. And I got to admit, he is a character. <laughs> and I thought that Bruce Pearl was a character. But no, this guy is just about as much of a character as Bruce Pearl is. Uh, I think he's a coach that you'd probably love to play for, but but you'd hate to play against because of his energy level and stuff like that. The one gripe I have, though, is that Coach Pearl apparently got a warning for being on the court or stuff like that, but there's actually video and a shot taken of this video showing Buzz Williams pretty much double-teening an Auburn uh, player with the ball along with a Texas A&M player, and how that's not called... I don't know. So it seemed like there might have been a little bit of extra allowance for the home team there uh, from the refs, but it was just always interesting to see Buzz Williams kind of being so animated like we're so used to Bruce Pearl. I mean, they used to make fun of Bruce Pearl for taking off his jacket or changing his shirt, and then they're talking the same thing about Buzz Williams. So this could be an interesting little uh, rivalry, at least amongst the coaches, um, if not the, the players in the programs, that we'll see for hopefully many, many years to come. Let's very quickly walk through the stats a little bit, just kind of give you a breakdown of what happened in the game. Uh, Points-wise, JT Thor with 10 points, Alan Flanagan with 16, uh, three for Williams. Justin Powell only with two on the night. Obviously had a slump before the injury happened, but that didn't help the situation as well. Devin Cambridge with nine points, and Jamal Johnson leading the way, as I said, with 20 points. Five for 14, though, from beyond the three-point arc. Uh, so took a lot of shots but uh, made uh, at least enough to make it look better points-wise on the board. Uh, No points for Chris Moore and Javon Franklin. Stretch had four, and Dylan Cardwell had two. So that's how the scoring broke down for the Tigers. And I told you guys that we needed to watch out for number five, Miller, for Texas A&M in last episode, and that proved to be the case. He's the leading scorer for Texas A&M with 16 points. Uh, They had three players get into double digits. So not terrible. It was 16, 10, and 10 was a breakdown of their top three scores. So it's not like a couple of guys just went off like in the last game uh, for Auburn, but uh, it still was enough to get them the win here on their home court. Looking at some of the team stats here, very comparable across the board, and I can't think it speaks to how closely matched these two teams were. In fact, I think if the situations were reversed, Texas A&M comes to Auburn, Auburn actually gets the win here. I'm not going to say it went down to the wire like it did here, but I think these are going to be two fairly evenly matched programs and so when it, i can't even remember if the, on the schedule for seeing them again if we are um it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out so 42 percent from the field for auburn 45 for texas a&m uh free throw or three point percentage 33 for auburn 32 for them uh free throws are the best they've been for auburn in a long time 78 percent. you couldn't just give me the two percent 
just give me the 2%. But I guess I'll take it compared to how bad it's been. Texas A&M gets the edge with the 82%. Turnovers, and I'm shocked by this. Auburn actually did not lose the turnover battle, but only by one. They had 18. Texas A&M had 19. And the points off of turnovers are pretty much the same as well. So it's not as bad as the turnovers seemed at times tonight. It's not like it really made too much of a difference for one team over the other. Same thing with rebounds, a little bit in the favor of Texas A&M, but nothing really to get super excited about. Second chance points are the same. relatively bench points, points in the paint, fast break uh, things and things like that. Blocks are about the same. Steals are close. I mean, literally across the board here, the stats are comparable. So as I said, this is two very evenly matched teams, and I'd love to see them play again in Auburn Arena because I think it'll play out in the favor of Auburn. So let's move on from this game and talk about the next one that we have coming up. It will be a road game again. We'll be heading to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Ole Miss Rebel Black Bears, Land Sharks, whatever they are these days. They are 5-3 and three on the year, and the game will be played at 8 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday the 6th, and you can watch it on the SEC Network. Now, their last game, they actually played Wichita State at home, 79 to 83, they take a loss at home to Wichita State. So this is interesting because they had one SEC game already, but yet they're playing Wichita State. I don't know the whole story behind that, but I would imagine it has something to do with eligibility for postseason so they get enough non-conference games in, and they had a ton canceled for them. So they've had a pretty rough go of it of the beginning of this season, so this could be a program that's still kind of trying to get its feet underneath it. They did lose to Alabama in their first SEC game. So this is yet again a case of two teams looking for their first SEC win and Auburn's looking for its first SEC road win as well. And Ole Miss would be looking for its first SEC home win. So which one is going to be prevailing in this is the big storyline. Who's going to get out of the loss column or at least get one in the win column uh, for SEC records going forward is going to be the big questions. Ole Miss doesn't have any big wins on the season. No really bad losses to speak of. I mean, I guess we could count the Alabama loss as bad if we just kind of want to put our orange and blue glasses on and just say it is. It probably is, honestly. Uh, but so there's not that really thing to break down in terms of that. What I am uh, encouraged by, and I've already said this before, is how Auburn has chosen and responded on the road to uh, the adversity they face. So I'm encouraged, even though we're going on the road, that if they face that again, we can do that. The problem is we haven't had a lot of success against Ole Miss, a lot like Texas A&M. So it's a rough way to start the season, seeing some of the teams that you haven't had a lot of success again overall, especially on the road. The big question, though, will Justin Powell be okay and available? Because that depletes an already suffering point guard Spartan forces Alan Flanagan to play a role that he honestly probably won't flourish in as big as he would in the shooting guard position. Uh, so other than that, though, they've got a couple players to watch. Their senior guard is scoring 13.9 points per game, and they also have a guard who's leading the rebounders 8.4 rebounds per game. So a guard is leading the rebounding, so sometimes that can tell you that either he is just a great rebounder or their big men aren't really dominating on the glass. So maybe that's an area where Auburn can capitalize and use some of their big men to get the win on the road in Oxford, Mississippi. 
So that's all I have for you on this episode. Again, I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts about this game, thoughts about the next game coming up. You can do that at E2Cnetwork.com for the episode notes and share your comments there. Also on social media when we post this episode out as well. Thank you for tuning in today. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?